All right, the deep dive. Not sure what episode number this is. Rose Necro. Happy International Women's Day, by the way. Um, that Hi, is today, you. the 8th of March. Just to give a timestamp. I always tend to give a timestamp because these get released a little bit later. But Rose, I'm glad you're here. Uh, you're my 2022, 2022. Yep, that's that was the year. Uh, Casting partner for Overwatch League. And I wanted to bring you on because I think a lot of people would love to know a little bit more about you. Obviously, with uh, casting last year for the Overwatch League and a, a Pokemon head and uh, a TFT head as well. It would be a, an interesting an interesting deep dive into yourself and how you grew up and everything else. How, sure. how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I actually didn't even know that it was International Women's Day. That's oh, I still don't really know what day it is. I went to Australia a month ago, and I feel like I'm still there. My sleep schedule is non-existent right now. It's awesome. <laughs> That the, the Australia just, flight is like degenerate. Like it is a crazy so long far. flight. How far is it? It's like it's gotta be like 16, 17 hours from where you live, right? I uh, it's like twenty-six, twenty-four to twenty-six Ooh, hours. Oh, okay. Well, it's like you have to consider the layovers, right? And then I also oh, yeah. did three flights. So three. I think from LA to Australia it was like 16, 18? 16. Christ, you did three. So you did two yeah. layovers where you, fl <laughs> you flew, flew from Philly to... Like Minneapolis. No, I, the first one was to Chicago. And then okay. it was Chicago to San Francisco. And then San Francisco to Melbourne. Oh. Yeah. Oh my And then it was a God. different flight on the way home. But it, it worked out fine. <laughs> I mean, that is... I was trying to get stuck there. Wild. You did? I didn't. Oh, I had, you I didn't. I was going to say... Though. I know people that did. I felt so bad. Was that weather warning or was that a just no. kind of plane breaking down? It was the plane breaking down. So the production crew, it was the production crew, which is the worst part. The production oh. crew flew in from Dallas because they're the ones that do all of the uh, Pokemon events for the circuit. And so they flew in from Dallas and they were supposed to fly home so that the next day they could get over to Knoxville, which was oh, the wow. next event. So I did it back to back which was horrendous, but they missed their flight because the, tr the the plane engine like broke. So there was just no plane. That is the worst thing to happen on a like, a, a, you're <laughs> expecting an 18, 20 hour flight to somewhere yeah. and the plane breaks down, adding another few hours to your journey. That is disgusting. Cause you were, wait, you competed in the Pokemon uh, regional in Oz, right? I was didn't compete. I, on, at that one. I competed the one in Liverpool, and oh, then I just cast it for the Oceania one. How did you do in Liverpool? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. Quite easy to no, imagine what happened there. I went 1-5 drop. There was a technical okay. difficulty during one of the rounds that I was playing. I was already down like 1-2, and then by the time that the fourth round came around, someone had kicked the end of the table, and so of the Ooh. people that were left, all disconnected and so judge came over and he was like the only way that we can really solve this is that you both had three pokemon remaining so we'll enter sudden death mode you have to regame and whoever takes the first knockout wins that's rough so i just got super mental boomed after that point and i couldn't finish out the day that that is rough like right in the middle of a set too and like not yeah. anybody's fault like you know nudging into a yeah, table like or it's not like person's fault for kicking the table yeah. and it's it's no one's fault for the the tech not 
working right, I guess. Also, kicking a table and everybody DCing at the same time. Like, come on. That's rough. Yeah, it's like... That's I, rough. I ruined oh well. a lot of people's days, including yours, I would imagine. Let's, uh, let's jump back to yeah. the very, very beginning of time. That's okay. Let's okay. Talk, not talk that far back. Let's, um, let's talk about, like, your early kind of gaming experience. Because I do this with everybody, and I, I really uh, find it fun to talk about, like, oh, you know, what's your earliest competitive memory or, like, uh, your gaming memory? Were you always kind of, uh, were you like myself, like Game Boy Color, game, original Game Boy gamer back in the day? What, what was your first games console that you uh, owned? So I actually had a Game Boy Advance was as my first gaming console. I, I skipped like the whole just like regular Game Boy and like Game Boy Color era oh, because okay. like my parents just didn't, I think, understand video game tech. So I, it was a, an N64 and a Game Boy Advance. And the very first game I ever played was Pokemon Crystal. Ooh, I, like, bang. that was it. That was the one. It's most people's favorites. Crystal. Crystal, yeah. Emerald, Emery, everything that's like, a, oh, Gold and Silver? Yeah, we'll just release Crystal. I was Crystal so was spoiled. Amazing game. What, what was your favorite game on your 64? I think my, oh, man. Pokemon Stadium is the one that sticks out to me the most. But I feel like it was writing on the wall very early on having Pokemon Crystal as my very first Pokemon game experience and then seeing like Pokemon Stadium which was ultra fun I was like ah I'm I'm going down this rabbit hole that I will <laughs> never be able to get out of it's great did you ever imagine as a as a kid growing up like that with Crystal playing Stadium and stuff like you'd be here where you are right now like with oh, a God, wall of no. Pokemon things behind you being able to afford with your own money that you earn that you could buy all the Pokemon things you want no I if you had told me that when I was a kid I'd be like aha you're joking like I'm not gonna do that I was also super into being outdoors and so I didn't ever see myself becoming a degenerate gamer where all I would do okay. is sit in my computer and play video games all day but here we are uh but it it was a it was a fun part of my childhood. My brother was such a big part of my love of video games. We used to play a lot together. We used to play like Mario Kart or Mario Party. Um, even like my parents would get involved, and so that was always really fun. Watching my dad and my brother play GoldenEye on the N sixty four GameCube. I guess um, it just it got me to really appreciate family time just being able to enjoy the different games together. And so when I play now, I can't help but think really fondly about my brother getting me involved and just also remembering such good times with my dad and my mom also being involved. Yeah. I mean, all, that's all it takes really is an, a sibling just to kind of be like, yeah. hey, look at this thing. And you're like, oh, what's that? I'm the older brother. So like it was me to my brother, I suppose. But yeah, you're just like, oh, that's cool. And then that's it. Life over. You are now a gamer. It's too late. Like, you so, can't come back. So what was it with you and your, your younger brother? Like, what was it that you wanted to share with him and video gaming? Oh, we shared very rarely. I'll t God, if my mum oh. was on this podcast, Jesus, she would, uh, yeah, she has some stories to tell. But like, just just Pokemon, um, I think, which funnily enough, right? <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> Red, him overwriting my save file. Yeah, no that, that was rough. That was rough. Although thinking back to it, 
I was a dumb kid. I was I was one of those that, yeah, I picked Charmander straight up and uh, yeah, only leveled up to Charizard and that was it. Didn't level anything else. I remember having a Rhyhorn that was level 23 as I entered the po uh, the, um, the Pokemon League for the first time and my Charizard was level like 70 to 80 or something because these the only thing I used. And then you're like, oh, Bruno's pretty sweet. Oh yeah, he's got rock Pokemon, GG. I, I just can't win. I just never beat the league. So he overwrote my save and it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me in my Pokemon journey because uh, I formed a good team, so. So yeah, it's always it's always the siblings that uh kind of change the course of your your history, I suppose. You spoke. You said I was you're. Like that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it happens, right? I mean, that's just what they're there for, in a way. You said you're a big outdoors kid um, when you were yeah. younger. Did you do I like was. was it sports or? Oh God, no! Oh God, no! My parents tried. <laughs> My parents tried so hard to get me into sports. I tried softball. I couldn't hit the ball to save my life. I couldn't catch the ball either. I, I I closed my eyes every time I saw like a sports ball coming my direction. <laughs> so whether it was like a tennis ball, I played tennis for a while, a softball because someone was throwing it at me or like a football. I would literally like put my hands up and like close my eyes because I was so scared of getting hit by the ball that I just didn't want to look at it and I didn't <laughs> want it to hit me. It's completely anti-sports. <laughs> No sports. Yeah. Oh God, no. I, which is crazy because when I got older, I actually got really involved in sports, but it was not ball oh. sports. What kind of sports <laughs> was it? So I grew up dancing. I was oh, okay. a, a competitive dancer for a while, focusing mostly on like ballet and point. Um, oh, and then like wow. I had a back injury when I was swimming, so I had to stop all of that. And I transitioned to do swimming more when I healed, and then. Do we count marching band as a sport? Because I feel mm, like it could be. Maybe? It, it depends. I guess it depends on the level. Yeah. But, I guess, yeah, if you're doing it at the top level, it's a sport, right? But then if you're lower level, it's probably just like more musical instrument. Do you, wait, you played a musical instrument though in marching band? Yeah, I did. I actually grew up playing piano. And then oh, when cool. I got to high school, I transitioned to... It also, I guess, include flute and piccolo. I was the annoying Ooh, person. The flute, the which flute person. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Did you were you ever any good at it, or was it like a you know a childhood instrument where you have one friend that's really good, or like you have a couple of friends that like are into this thing, and then you pick it up, and then you just kind of give up? Was it was it kind of like that, or were you like near top of your class kind of thing? Uh, for piano, I would consider that was actually like a, a promising avenue. If I had wanted to go to oh, cool. music school, I might have been able to do that with piano. But for flute, I think it was more that it was fun and okay. I didn't really see it going anywhere. It was sort of a means to an end of getting mostly music classes in high school. Right. Just classes you have like to kind of pass and they're kind of easy because you're good at instruments anyway kind of thing. Yeah, kind yeah. of. That's We're an easy one smarter not harder yeah that's god that is so true that is so 80 percent of the outcome comes from 20 percent of the effort like that's that's a rule to rule to live by the 80 20 rule so when you uh you when you're in high school was there like a career path you were going towards after that or was it you didn't really know and you were kind of dabbling in a few things so I really was thinking about going to music school I had been taking lessons literally every week since I was five, like wow. I, it just seemed like it was uh, an open door. I just had to walk through it and and put my mind to it if I really wanted to make it work. And then I realized that the music world just doesn't really have enough stability where you could be 
as good as you want, but it's I guess it's like kind of like casting in a way. You can have the foundation, but it's about how you market yourself and what you do with it that really makes you stand out from literally all of the other wannabe pianists out there that want to do concert or weddings or gig or whatever you what you have. And I was like, I don't like that. Like that's not my personality. At least at the time, I was like, I don't really like the fact that I can't see a benchmark or a goal and I can't go after it. So. I really wanted to go into science. And so oh, when cool. competing in like science fair and stuff in school, I started in middle school really developing this love for science after just all of my time outdoors. I was like, well, why are we not protecting like these beautiful places? What can it that what is it that I could do maybe to help alter the course of where things are trending at the moment? Um, and so that was like what I decided to go for school to school for when I went to college. What was the uh, what was the subject? Was it kind of environmental science? Anyway, I I did something really funny where I was I had an environmental science major, but okay. I also branched out and I didn't end up completing the requirements to get minors in these things. Uh, I think I was like one or two classes away, but I did uh, a big focus on plants, water chemistry, so like Ooh. geochemistry okay. and just other other forms in that direction analytical too um and then i also did like wildlife so i had like fish as a big yeah. <laughs> as a big interest point um and then i also did just kind of I, yeah i guess more plant stuff so i like to boil it down to fish rocks and plants as what i studied in college fish rocks and plants honestly that's quite diverse, to be fair. There's a ton of fish and there's a ton of water on this earth and there's a ton of plants exactly. both in and out of the water. So there you go, that's fair. Yeah. That covers a lot of bases. Is that something you pursued as well, go, go leaving university? Um, you finished, I assume? Did you, uh, I did, did you finish. finish okay. Yeah, I did. So I, I finished like maybe a half semester later than everybody else. I wanted to finish my studies at this like biological station in mm. the middle of nowhere, Michigan. Okay. Uh, it was like one of my favorite times because you were able to like get out in the field and actually study the courses that you wanted to take. So if we were doing a fishes class, we'd literally go out, catch fish, study them, release them back into the wild or do experiments with them and then release them. That's cool. It was really neat to have that as an opportunity. So that's how I finished. And then I had a few paths after that. While I was over the summer, I actually had applied to a bunch of PhD programs because I was at a point in my life where in the US here, you can actually do your PhD program and get paid to do it because you get a oh, certain okay. amount of money as a stipend versus a master's program. Most of the time, they won't give you that much. You'd have to pay your own way to get through it. But right. if you do a PhD program, you get the money. And if you so happen to drop out after two years, uh, you still get your master's. So I was like, ah, best of both worlds. I could just skip the master's program and go straight Hell into yeah. phd and you get some moolah uh, as well exactly so it's not too financially detrimental uh, and if i wanted to go on academia anyway you need a phd to do that so it felt like it was the right move at the time i had gone through the application process and actually the interview process for a lot of these places and i wasn't going ah. to enroll until the year after because i had missed the boat from doing that summer semester to enroll by the fall so all of my interviews happened the year surround the calendar year surrounding that. Uh, I ended up getting a few offers, but it was oh, also around the same time that 
my parents. Uh, I, I had some family life stuff happen at home and I apologize in advance if this is very heavy. No, I don't look at it this right way ahead. anymore, but my parents had passed away during the six month period right after I had graduated. Wow. So Sorry my mom that. had terminal cancer. Um, and so she passed away first right after I graduated. So she was able to see that, uh, but she didn't live too much longer after that point. And then yeah. I think like my dad legitimately just died of heartbreak. Like he had a heart attack oh. six months after almost to the day. Um, Damn. And so I decided I didn't want to be a PhD student anymore because yeah. my life was already depressing. I didn't need the six years to be on the top extra of that six too. years on top. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, well, obviously, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, it's good that you're kind of in a place now where you can talk about that. That's obviously fantastic. And they saw you graduate too, right? So that's yes. that's kind of nice. So at least that yes. kind of memory memory is there too, which is great. So when you decided, you know what, it's not the best thing for me right now. What was your kind of thought process there because you clearly had avenues where you could go you could even i guess you could even if you really wanted to go back to music um and, and kind of pursue that path if you really wanted to what kind of uh, happened after that did something trigger you to go into like esportsy things or games because obviously obviously it's a massive it is a big part of your life now um so it's a what, very big benefit. <laughs> yeah exactly what was kind of the the transition point there between you deciding not to follow that career path and then kind of moving elsewhere yeah, um, I, I think it was a, a couple of different things. I think the first part of it was that I literally had just identified going into a PhD program and committing six years of my life just felt like the wrong thing to do. Right. Six years is such a long amount of time and also having horror stories already from my friends that are in their first year <laughs> I and <bet>. absolutely <laughs> hate it. I'm like, I don't think that I want that. That doesn't sound very fun, so let's not do that for myself. Um, but I, in college, it actually played a lot of competitive games. It's okay. actually when I started to play competitive VGC, and I also used to play competitive Hearthstone. I was on the Tespa oh, team. Oh, right. So. Oh, the Tespa team. Oh, no way. Okay, that's yeah, sick. Yeah, what a throwback. That's correct. What, uh, what year was that? Because um, what, what generation of Pokemon was that? So that was Oros. Yeah, Omega okay. Ruby, Alpha Sapphire. That was when I started playing. Nice. Um, is that something you'd always been kind of interested in getting into? Or is, or is it just kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool, actually. Maybe i try that. So no, I never knew that there was a competitive circuit for Pokemon until my friends in college out of the blue were like, oh, we're driving down to Indianapolis for the national championships. Do you want to come? <laughs> and I was like, the okay. what? For Pokemon? <laughs> What are you talking about? And so that was the first event that I went to where I was like, oh my God, there's this whole group of people that come here to play Pokemon and celebrate their love for the game. Damn. That is super freaking cool. Why have I not heard about this before? And so after that event in 2014, I did the circuit for 2015. I played a little bit in 2016 and then Dark Void Smeargle ruined my life. And so I stopped. Um, <laughs> Okay, elaborate so, on Dark Void Smeargle, because some people might not be like oh, too man. into Pokemon or, or fans around that time. Elaborate what uh, what that goes into. Oh, what what is there? How much time do I have? I can boil it down to two things. Dark Void was a move that Smeargle got that was basically like a 100% accurate 
put both Pokemon to sleep on the opposing side. I believe it was the signature attack of Darkrai, but since Darkrai is a mythical Pokemon, it will literally never be allowed in the actual competitive scene. So people were like, ah, Smeargle's great. Smeargle gets access to Crafty Shield. It also gets access to a lot of other really great moves. Um, and so Dark Void Smeargle was a huge piece of a lot of people's strategies to like cheese their way through uh, you know, uh, a bad matchup or something like that. And it's just fun. If you get put to sleep, you have a mandatory turn of sleep that you have to take. And so there's one yeah, turn that you can literally boring. do nothing. And then it's just hope and pray that your Pokemon wakes up and is able to do something after the fact. But sometimes you get max sleep turns and you're just absolutely screwed. You just lose and you can't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, you just lose. So I wasn't a good enough player at the time to <clears throat> actually figure out a way. <clears throat> I hate this Pokemon, if you can't tell. Uh, <laughs> choking me up over here. But I I wasn't a good enough player to identify how to beat the strategy. And so with also trying to finish up schooling around that time and trying to apply to PhD programs, it was like, I just need to take a break from this and I'll come back to it if I feel like it or if, if I find the time. So I didn't find the time until I'd actually identified, wait, okay, maybe not PhD program, but what else in my life makes me happy i need that right now right i just want right. something that's gonna make me feel better uh and video games became a huge escape at the time not only was it really fun but it brought back so many positive memories of the time that i had spent with my family playing these games it brought back my love of competition. I've always been a hyper-competitive person, whether it was sports or whatever extracurriculars I was doing, competing in Pokemon or Hearthstone. And so I found my way to, to video games again, and I started competing, and I started to look at other ways to enjoy it. And one of those ways ended up being casting. Damn, that's... Well, that is definitely a line like, hey look, I need something, an outlet right now. And then, hey, video games are here. I think I think a lot of people um, find a lot of comfort in video gaming in general because it's something you can kind of sit down on your own or with other people and just kind of hang out and chill and just forget about the uh, the real world, which is which is great. That's a, that's a definitely a cool path uh, to go. And then like you said, you found casting, right? We'll, we'll skip back quickly because let's talk about Hearthstone real quick because uh, yeah. you said you're on the, on the Tesper team. What, what, oh man, I'm trying to think around that time, what was what was the not meta but like what were the decks that were out because there was one oh, point man. i was playing hearthstone all the time and i i exclusively played jay golem when that was a thing i only played jay golem it was the funniest strategy of all time and after jay golem rotated out i was like nah. like what what kind of um what kind of got you into competitive hearthstone or like hearthstone in general so that was actually jade golems were after i i had competed in test oh okay so i'm like old old school hearthstone over here i didn't play it when it had originally come out so i think i missed the boat by roughly a year right but by the time that i ended up playing freeze me not freeze mage mech mage mech mage oh, was mech like mage. my deck. Right. that was the one i was super good at it um, I just like basically <laughs> one tricked it on the ladder. Hell yeah. Um, but it was so fun. And I also found a love for just like aggro decks in general. So I was playing a lot of Zulok. I was playing a lot of Face Hunter. Um, and I essentially like Tess was great because it was a team of three where you all got to sit down and play together. 
And so that could be a pro or a con, depending on the people that you're playing with. But in the most cases, it was a pro. Because if you were piloting the deck, you had two other people to sit next to you to say, have you considered this option? Yeah. Looking three, four turns ahead, like we could really help each other to get better at the game overall. So I loved Har I loved competing in Tespa. I loved Hearthstone. I, I still play like every once in a while, but I'm so out of the loop right now on the meta that I actually just, I don't think I'd be able to get back into it unless I had committed like a good month of just like grinding the game every day. Yeah, I mean, you're missing a ton of cards too, right? If you jump back in when you've not played in a while, like, oh yeah, good luck, have fun. Five expansions out. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, God, that's that's what kind of uh, threw me off a little bit too. was like, well, my Jade Golem deck has rotated out and I don't want to buy new packs. So yeah. I'm just going to stop playing. Maybe I'll come back to it. We'll see. We'll see. Did no. that kind of lead you on to your first casting uh, gig uh, from there? Because a lot of people... Uh, when it comes to casting they were either like a player or well not a player but like they play casually or whatever and we're like oh that's pretty cool and maybe i'll dabble in that how did your like initial casting journey like start out was it hearthstone or was it uh pokemon so funny enough it wasn't hearthstone but that came second okay. <laughs> that came second um uh, my original approach to casting is actually it, it goes back to blizzcon 2018. Oh, wow. And so when I was competing in Tespo and I was competing in just like uh, local VGC tournaments and, and some of the other ones in the Midwestern area, I didn't view them as esports. I was just going to play a game that I liked to play with other people that also like to play that game. It was a competition to me, uh, much akin to like a track meet or right. a soccer game, right? Or I guess a football game, however you want to put that. Uh, just for you. I'll say football. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Now I um, understand but, fully. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> Gotta put it in terms you get, Josh. That's, <laughs> That's true. That's our job, technically, right? We just put things in terms people understand. So there you That's go. That's so true. It's amazing how I consider for English to be my first language sometimes. Um, if I'm, I don't even know what I'm saying. But yeah, anyway. I think every caster ever. Do I speak English or do I speak another language completely that I only understand? I don't know. I, I sometimes think that it's gibberish when I had a day yesterday, maybe a few days ago, where I was trying to formulate full sentences and I just couldn't. I couldn't. No matter how hard I tried, I would miss a word or I would repeat myself or I would stutter because I'm like, I don't know what comes next after this. That's a what back to bed moment. Grammar? Anyway, yeah. I'm going to go sleep now for another 18 hours so I can wake up tomorrow. Yeah. Jeez, we, I think day. we all get those days, but damn. I'm like, when I get those days, I'm like, my job relies on me speaking. Is this a good yeah. thing? Have I finally hit my downward slope? Am I just like gonna fall off a cliff now because I can't remember words anymore? Like, Yeah, uh, it was during a show, so that was not good. Uh, okay, that's a good I, I love when that happens. <laughs> it's really awesome. Can't do anything except let the train go and see if yep. it falls off the tracks. So Hope when that happens in a broadcast it's just like anyway and you just kind of fall back to being like Moving well on. anyway time to be the clown of the clown of the <laughs> cast or time to try and formulate a sentence somehow god i think in those situations you just have to make fun of yourself yep chat's gonna do it regardless way. but if you beat them to it then it's not so bad yeah it <laughs> 
that is the British way. Just just take the piss yourself and you're all good. You move on because everybody else has already taken the piss. So you have a bit of humility, a bit of humility. I love it. I love it. So you were so you were competing in Hearthstone, obviously, and then yeah, you uh, oh right, you talked about BlizzCon. Oh BlizzCon, my god, yeah. this is just how my brain functions. Yeah, so so BlizzCon 2018, that was right. the first time I saw video game competitions as esports. That was when it first clicked for me. I had heard the term thrown around for a while, but it didn't really make any sense because I'm like, well, Pokemon doesn't have that. Like, we don't really have broadcasts. And for Tespa, we were never featured on a broadcast. So, like, yeah. I don't I don't get it. Like, what, what is this? It's just for fun, right? That Nothing on the line, really, except to just have a good time. And so when I watched StarCraft II, that was the first time I had really sat down to look at a game being being showcased on the highest level possible my jaw dropped because oh, yeah. i i was just like what in the world like the lights these people all cheering for their favorite players when a huge team kill comes through or an army kill you're like i'm so hyped for this i have no <laughs> idea what's happening but the casters are making me excited the crowd is making me excited and the reaction on the players faces like you you feel that that is a full body experience um and so i was like wow i'm so hyped what's next and then i found the overwatch world cup oh and so, okay like i had wandered into the arena and i was watching like the united states team get their asses kicked and i was like well this isn't good like now i gotta root for the people that kicked them out of the tournament and so like we'll see how far this can go right um and so it was just really neat because that was another way that people could enjoy getting behind a team, not knowing anything about the players that were there. Like I was so out of the loop when it came to Overwatch competition that like I see like the United States of America team and I go, that's my country. Like that that's them. <laughs> like I got to root for them, right? Um, and, you know, it didn't really work out that year, but it was cool to be able to follow that story and still root for them years after that in like 2019 do they finally get it like do they mm, does it finally does happen, it finally happen? <laughs> yeah every america overwatch fan like do we finally uh, do south korea finally fall please <laughs> korea stop being so good at the game yeah right i'm actually looking it up right now because there was an overwatch world cup that i was at where america won yeah it won the whole thing. And I'm sitting here like, like, no way. Like, no way is this I think happening. that was the year Korea clowned. I'm pretty sure they were like, well, this is fun. We can win anyway. And then they just lost. Um, that was yeah. uh, 2019. I casted that, was, that year too. Yes. Yeah. So you, we, were, we were at both BlizzCons together, but we didn't know. Yeah, that's true. I was at 2018 as well because I went with Trid. Um, and then 2019, I worked the World Cup. Damn. Yeah. That's weird. It's really, really weird to think about because it was 2018 BlizzCon that kicked things off for me. And literally when I got home, I had already like talked to Mushu at Broadcast GG. They were covering oh, yeah. Open Division at the time. And so I got a foot in the door there. And this was after I'd already done a little bit of community broadcast work for a tiny tournament community called Outlet. We literally oh, named it okay. that because it was a mini Overwatch League for gold, plat, 
in like silver players. Oh wow, um, I didn't know that existed. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't exist anymore. No. But um, <laughs> when it did, I community managed, and I also like even before I got into casting as a whole, I tried multiple different things. I tried community management, obviously for like the outlet tournament. I also was doing social media. Um, I don't know how this happened. I did talent management for a while. That oh. was weird. I didn't even do any of that. So <laughs> that was cool at the time. Uh, weird. But I tried a lot of different stuff. I even tried producing or being behind the camera to actually oh, sweet. Like, get thoughts. But it was casting that ultimately stuck. And so after Open Division, I got scouted actually to do a Hearthstone cast. Ooh, and that was cool. my very first paid gig. And nice. it just exploded from there. Yeah, it just went on. How did you... So yeah. that's that's funny because I would assume it, your Pokemon would have been your first kind of paid gig and your kind of entry in. When did that kind of slip yep. into this like story now? Uh, is it after... I'm assuming after Hearthstone at this point, but how long did it kind yeah. of take you to get onto a, a Pokemon broadcast and be involved with that? So I... I don't even I, I feel so strange talking about this because I feel like my journey is one that is unique in the way that it happened very, very quickly. And when I mean quickly, I mean I didn't start casting until early 2019. Right. I got paid almost immediately with with the Hearthstone gig that I got scouted for. And then I had done a couple of community broadcasts for Pokemon at like Rutgers University. I got brought up to do a regional that I literally like flew myself to and oh, really? booked a okay. hotel room for because I just wanted to be able to get experience on a regional level because it wasn't with the official company at the time. And then not even a month later, I get contacted by the Pokemon company saying, hey, we have a spot available at the North American International Championships. Would you like to come cast? Wow. That is And so that fast. was my first event. Yeah. yeah. That's sick. That's really cool though. I mean, they clearly saw some kind of promise in you. And of course, like you are you are a great broadcaster. So it's like people clearly at some point are like, Well, she's pretty sick. Like, you know, she fits the broadcast, chilling and just like knows how to talk. So yeah, that's that's really cool. And obviously at that point I can imagine you would shit and breaks and being like I was like, I don't know what, what happened with like what? Like you yeah. see the price that they're gonna offer you too, and you're like, I have never seen Wait, this much money. money in my what life. is this? <laughs> like Wait, for I... a gig, for one gig, for one singular gig. Yeah. And it, to be fair, it wasn't as much as like what I would consider. Uh, it's an. It wasn't like what I would consider enough now. Right, right, right. Which feels weird to say, but at the time, you look at that rate and you go. This could huh? be a legitimate career. Like, you look mm. at that and go, if this happens, like, two, three or four times a month, I'm good. Like, I can, I, yeah, I, I could, I can afford I rent. <laughs> yeah, wow. Like, I could actually make a living off of this. Um, But it wasn't until I had that first gig and not even after that. It was, it was three or four times after that NAIC had happened where I went, this is it. This is my career now. I'm going to put all of my time and effort into being a broadcast talent because I could see everything starting to align at that point. Um, it just, it felt like it made sense and I'm so glad it's worked out so far. Yeah. 
I mean, it's been good. Obviously, um, for those who don't know, um, me and Rose casted last year on the Overwatch League together. That was your first year in, in Overwatch League, which was sick. Um, it was so fun. We fucking smashed it. It was easy to clap. Like, and doing like live events too. What, what was your kind of first experience? Oh, I guess I guess you if you did university cups and stuff, um, it's you, that's like a live event of sorts. What was your like big though? Your big like first live event with like a, a crowd and whatnot? Was it Hearthstone? Was it Pokemon? Right, right. Like, well, I guess that was my first one with a crowd that I casted to. Right. Otherwise, like the big crowd would definitely be BlizzCon 2018. That was like the oh my god, like Blizzard Arena going absolutely haywire. Um, but yeah, otherwise, like 20. NAIC 2019 was neat because it was the first time that I was like standing to cast. I mm -hmm. had a whole desk. I was yeah. like, I got a headset. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, like I got yeah. a microphone. Like, like what in the world is happening right now? It was just so night and day different from the experience that I had had doing grassroots events or a remote broadcast where I had my like super crappy mic like headset duo combo for like if you were playing with friends on an oh, xbox hell yeah. um i use my like, a40s for ever. So yeah i know it it kills me inside it, it didn't take me too long to like buy a mic but like i i casted with my fucking astro a40s that i used to play like black Ops yeah. and i'm like that'll do it's a mic yeah it that'll that'll do like it was good enough because at yeah. the time it's like why would you invest that money into getting better equipment if you couldn't see yourself using it for anything beyond like remote broadcast i don't know yeah. that you, it you was do a not tough need sell. a good mic like you sure you need not like a mcdonald's drive-thru mic um that i hear <laughs> in comp like daily like you don't you don't have one of those but don't also go out and buy the sennheiser <laughs> casting headsets that are like 400 dollars or like a sm7b for 300 bucks like a good i've got i, I use a fucking 80 2020 like uh, an xlr 80 2020 like that was like 100 bucks um yeah. you don't need anything crazy just when you're no. starting out at least i i went through like four iterations of microphones i had my headset with the the, the mic built in which I actually love that headset. I really should get one again. It was great. Which one was it? Quality wasn't horrible. Ah, oh, I, I think it was like an of like a super like low bar Sennheiser. Okay. Um, yeah, it was like it was like the gaming Sennheiser, oh. like forty bucks, like super was super it, cheap. Yeah, the zero. Oh, the Sennheiser zero somethings because that something. Headset. And oh, the mic was kind of chunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like chunky, it, it was... and it like clicks down. Yeah, it clicks yeah. down, and yeah, then when you click exactly back up, it mutes. It mutes, yeah, I know exactly yeah. the headset. Ah. The game, I think it's called the Game Zero, I think. I must be. I, I'm looking it up now. now. I know where, I think I, uh, oh, I is it the Game Zero? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Zero oh, ones, my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. I have that headset, too. It's a good mic. That that headset is, like, one of the better headset mics uh, uh, for that price range. Like, it's it's pretty damn good. It's really expensive now like this was when it was like the the alpha products or whatever like i yeah. swear to god it was only 40 bucks it's 180 now so i don't recommend that yeah it's oh 180 okay, wow jesus yeah dang yeah that's that's maybe not a, a headset i would totally recommend yeah um, at the moment but i when it, it worked it when it worked and then like i moved up to a blue snowball 
Oh, the um, classic. That's the a, classic. Dude, everybody, every caster has been through a blue snowball. That's the rite of passage mic right there. Oh, yeah. And, like, then I upgraded after, I think it was a year later, when I was starting to get more frequent gigs at home, and I was like, the blue snowball's not cutting it for me anymore. I'm going to go to the Audio-Technica 2020+. Plus. It wasn't yep. the XLR, but it was the USB mic that, that was really high-quality sound. And so I said, well, that's good for the price um and now i have a sure sm7b so that's classic classic mic yeah honestly that is like i think most people's path the snowball into the at2020 into the sure sm7b <laughs> like everybody does that i'm like i'm not even there yet i'm a cheapskate but you can write it off on your taxes if you're casting which is great but xr7 a20 at2020 uh, that's fine with me I, I don't mind that at all like it still uh, sounds great so hey i can talk into it and I don't sound like a McDonald's drive-thru uh, worker, so yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm big chilling right now. That's oh sick. God, so so um, obviously, then you kind of decided, hey, this is kind of a career path I want to go down. And um, with contender, let's talk about like early contenders, then or like uh, trials and whatnot for for sure. Overwatch. We'll, we'll quickly uh, go over that before we kind of talk about Overwatch League. Um, how did that end up working out for you? Like, what was your first Overwatch gig? Apart from not first Overwatch gig, but first like paid opportunity within Overwatch. Yeah, so I had done Open Division for two seasons at this point towards the end of 2019. And so it was really cool getting a chance to go back to BlizzCon at the end of that year because not only did the USA win the World Cup, oh, yeah. heck yeah, but um, that I was also really neat because I had also been following contenders at that time and I was also following Overwatch League. So I was able to look at people like you, Trid, I, I saw Zoe awestruck, freaking <laughs> awestruck, looking at Zoe doing Zoe's her thing goat. on the desk. Like, yeah, such a goat. And, like, such an inspiration to me um, just to see her find that type of success and, like, enjoy her job. Like, that passion really does come through. Um, not to say that you guys also don't have passion, but it's a little different, like, looking yeah, at a course. woman that has a job Definitely. that you would like to see yourself next to at a certain mm -hmm. point. Um, and, like, obviously Mitch and, and Matt doing their thing, but it was, like, to see you all doing it in person, it gave me even more passion and drive to figure out how to get to a point like that. And so Overwatch League became easily one of the first goal jobs that i had in mind right I was like i don't know how long it's gonna take for me to get there because it was very clear there was established talent and at this point i was very very like cognizant of the fact that like veterancy and experience count for a lot you know like that's very obvious and when i compared myself to people like you and um and everyone else on the overwatch league broadcast i was like oh god i have a long way to go like i'm not nearly this professional i am not nearly this controlled when it comes to speaking that i feel like i even fit amongst these people so i hit the books when i got home i vod reviewed i watched what i liked about you guys on the broadcast and i said not to emulate this, but what is it that I like about them that I feel like naturally fits me and my casting style? And so very quickly after that, I did trials. I worked my way up to be an analyst on Chinese contenders. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, I did a, a full season there. Um, I think I did a full casting season for that as well. And then I got picked up to do the second half of the 2020 yes the second half of the 2020 season with trid 
for EU and NA contenders. Yes, you're right. I, you know, what? I completely forgot you cast a Betrayed. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I don't know why, but I, I distinctly remember talking to Trid at the start of 2022. But now, I, yeah, now that actually, uh, it's like uh, oh, no a switch in my brain. Yeah, I, yeah, because yeah. I remember. Yeah, I why did I forget that? But yeah, you. So you did NA because that was when because I left e I left contenders in 2020, so I went to Overwatch League. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense because then they combine. It was really weird. Contenders was so weird at that time because there was like such a there was a big split yes. between NA and EU. There was like because in 2018 we had we were in Ukraine like me, Trid, uh, Harry, uh, Dez, and yeah. Sam yeah. were in Ukraine, and then in 2020 we were also in Ukraine, but then Sam wasn't there because no desk. And then then yeah. 2020 came along, and then they merged everything because of COVID, and that was that was very very weird. Very very yeah. What a weird time, time too. Because that was the year that they were going to go back to the Take TV studio, I think, to do all of the Contenders broadcasts. They got two weeks of Contenders, uh, yeah. COVID hit, and then everybody got sent home. Poor Ham Tornado got stuck. Like, she was just stuck in, oh, in, in Europe. Oh, in Europe? Yeah, that was Christ. horrible. Um, And so, like, she, and then I think I took her place because she was working with Trit at the time. Mm-hmm. Right right yeah bad in just bad times like all around like COVID that is really crazy. messed up a lot of stuff yeah like with contenders as well it's there's not like obviously as much money as there is in the overwatch league so with the overwatch league it's like okay we need to fix this like asap they took a little while yeah. like with every single league in the world they took a little while to try and get everybody online and shit like that but damn yeah being stuck in you i guess it's not the worst place but then you are oh man where's the take tv studio what is the place called um Middle, oh, of, middle of nowhere shit. germany almost it's not middle of nowhere <laughs> but it's i mean but there's not there's not much to do around there all that i know yeah, is that no, there's not right? much to do krefeld krefeld yes krefeld yeah, germany yeah. with the take tv studio um and the only like <laughs> i remember doing the contenders 2019 the gauntlet or like the pacific showdown or yeah. whatever and there was a korean restaurant with a little korean woman in it and we were like okay we're going to that place because everything <laughs> everywhere else was like the food was like kind of okay but like the korean like a uh, little korean place was sick um i do remember that what a wild time yeah krefeld not much to do there i it's it's okay berlin epic krefeld it's okay i guess it's got take tv never I suppose, been but... i've only been to frankfurt that's the oh, only German oh it's okay yeah <laughs> frankfurt's nice too to I've be fair spoiled. yeah so um we'll kind of move on from there then uh what what happened in uh 2021 obviously that was a year before you joined uh joined the league so what were you what were you doing at that point it, like well, that across was the board. Full, that was a full year of eunna contenders right. and at this point i had also been picked up by csa so that was like my first oh, okay. full calendar year with them because i got picked up at the end of 2020 i think honestly i don't remember but it was also pretty, it felt fast. Like, I think it was like a year and a half into uh, doing like actual casting stuff. And then I got picked up and then I, I saw just ex explosions of stuff happen there. And I, I can't, I can't imagine actually that I would be in the exact same place that I am now if I didn't have the ability to do online events. Um, I think I hit the sweet spot. Like, I will be the first to admit that when COVID hit, everything took a hit right every broadcast moved to remote and that only helped me i wasn't good right. enough to get flown out and i understand like if there wasn't budget to be able to fly somebody from the east coast to la like it and so when broadcast turned to be remote 
it opened up the doors for literally anybody to be able to do anything, no matter where they were. And so we took full advantage of that. I did Twitch Rivals during 2020. I was also doing TFT at this time. Uh, so I had done set 4.5 and I was starting to work through set five and I did set six as well. Um, and that was 2021. And it was just kind of interesting to see the doors open up in front of me. I also think I also was in a sweet spot in terms of my rate also. I will be okay. very, very upfront about that where my rate before I went to CSA was not good. Yeah. And it was because I wasn't knowledgeable enough to know that what I was asking for at the time, 500 a day, was not enough. Oh yeah, that's quite like, low, yeah. It's it's low, and, and I, like, I didn't know any better. No one had that's told fair. me that what I was working on, I wasn't getting enough. And the first time that I really ever actually considered that I wasn't getting enough was when CSA helped me bump up my rate, but also when I got to contenders for the full year of EUNNA in 2021, where we all collectively looked at the salary and went, huh. <laughs> this kind of sucks. <laughs> huh. This is this is maybe not enough for the work that is being asked of us. Uh, so that was like a big wake-up call to me, and then it also opened up the doors for me to have more open communication with the people around me about what they were getting because at the end of the day that really only benefits everybody That's like it, it so i i'm happy that i learned that lesson and i learned it oh sorry oh, my, it's a bad no, rate. my god um, <laughs> every esports talent <laughs> yeah, yeah um but it it really did open my eyes and i'm happy to have had that wake-up call as quickly as i did but that's good i was working on a lot at the time in 2021 but agents help with that you know like um yeah obviously for people who don't know i'm assuming me you can kind of guess obviously agents take a, a a percentage of what you earn but obviously the negotiation power there with an agent is extremely powerful and mm -hmm. they can uh, they can help you get gigs and obviously uh, help you bump up rates as well invaluable yeah. i'm very thankful for bad moon talent as well shout out bad moon talent. um shout out god bless um yeah, so that's obviously really good for you because you're like, well, this kind of sucks. Like, I kind of know now the industry standard, like roughly, right? Um, you're yeah. and you getting up to speed with that kind of thing. It's rough too because a lot of casters were in the same position as you, same position as me. Um, I was very lucky to have people in my life and um, on the casting side of things that mm -hmm. were able to help me and be like, that's kind of shitty because I only had an agent at the beginning of 2021. That was when I had an agent. I didn't have it for Overwatch League when I first started, although they didn't try and mess me around at all uh, in 2020. So obviously I'm very thankful for the Overwatch League for that, but they do help at the end of the day. That's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a big benefit on your side. So obviously you did um, EU and NA contenders at that point. And then 2022 yeah. is when you got brought onto the Overwatch League. Obviously we casted yeah. together um, in <laughs> North America. We did a ton of live events together. We did, we did goddamn playoffs. Like that was yeah. one of the highlights of my Overwatch career so far, I mean, personally, was doing the playoffs. That was unbelievable. Didn't get the chance to do it in a live event in, or sorry, live playoff scenario in 2020, 2021. No way near doing that. And then, yes, that was that was really awesome. And it was obviously super sick to, to do it with you too, because when we're doing live events, we we're talking about this a little bit before we just started, but man, they were fun. My God. Yes. Toronto was so sick. One of my favorite events by far. I, it was so much fun. 
because I, especially, I guess, from my perspective, one, I had missed out on the first one of the year. I got COVID yes. and I wasn't testing negative by that time. So Custa, I'm so happy he was able to go and like take my place because he, I could tell how much fun he was having with it too. And I was like, no, like I yeah. want to make sure <laughs> that like I jealous? have that experience yeah, yeah. also. Yeah, it's like a jealous and like a, I'm happy for my friend kind of yeah. way, but also like, man, that looks so fun. And like, I wish I could be there to also have that type of fun with everybody. Um, but it's like when Toronto came around, I was really pumped because I had missed out on that first event of the year. And I had been dreaming about this four years in the making. I'm finally getting to a point where I get to cast a live event in front of a crowd, an Overwatch crowd. Yeah, they're pretty wacky. A fan base that are, they're just like, we're so blessed to have so many good fans in the Overwatch space. Yeah. And to be able to experience that, I like got really emotional because it was just, that is the full body experience again, but on a completely different level because you are speaking for the crowd. Like you are there to, to, to entertain these people that love this game as much or maybe even more than you do like you just never know where that I falls know, yeah, yeah. and it's like crazy. there are super fans out there that like we love you guys like thank you for loving the game so much um but it just it meant a lot to be able to do that not just to have that first experience but to also have that first experience with you like a caster that oh, i had okay, looked up okay, to for okay. like so long well, I appreciate um, that. So I don't know. It's just like multiple fronts. It was like it was just a such a unique experience. Yeah, the fans like they make it. They really do. I want to emphasize yeah. that. Like, goddamn, the one fan I will always remember that like <laughs> nine foot fucking outlaws warlord. Gee, yeah. like the tallest man I've ever seen. Shout out to that guy if you're listening to Wait, this. Good than, lord. Taller than Johnny, isn't he? I'm like, yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're both like, yo. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Absolute legend. How you do? Pretty sure he was at playoffs too. I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure he was at playoffs. He was there. So yeah. Yeah. The tall dude. I think we oh, actually damn. confirmed at playoffs that he's taller than Johnny, which yes. is insane. Johnny's a tall motherfucker, a tall yeah, northern European tall. dude, and uh, yeah, this guy was even taller than that, which is like insane, yes. insane. It's uh yeah, but it was really nice to see obviously all the fans and stuff. We took photos, uh, which was great, um, yeah. and that kind of setup we had is definitely one of my favorite ones um we for those people who didn't know or like didn't go to the event or whatever it's we were up a level so is it, an, is it an ice hockey rink or something it's like a rink or like it's yeah a it looks like or, a basketball court yeah or, yeah but it's, it's like, like a multi-functional of, one yeah. where they can just change yeah. it to whoever they want obviously we hold no watch uh, event there but there's the main stage there's a lot of seats kind of in front of that and then there's people sitting on the the bleachers i guess and then we're like up a tier from like the normal like raised seats and then we're on a little platform tvs lights and whatnot and then behind us is the stage the main screen and stuff so we can like literally turn around and see it like that's my favorite kind of um, so event cool. same with playoffs as well we're like in a little pod yeah. and then the stage is kind of behind us and yeah obviously they got to make it look good on camera and they do every time and man uh, it's just a different feeling it's uh it really is. it's sick i am um, i love that event 
yeah, 2022, obviously, long gone at this point. It feels like we are three months in. Obviously, Overwatch League starts in a couple of weeks, Pro-Am, um, which is going to be going to be super fun. Crazy stuff's happening right now, um, at least with Pro-Am and a lot of teams. So that would be kind of sick. Let's move away from Overwatch just a little bit because we do share... <laughs> Uh, like a, a ton of passions as well like obviously we're both yeah. really into pokemon too which is which is really cool um obviously casting because then it's like okay we talk about pokemon stuff too it's all over. i sent you a screenshot the other day with stuff that i pulled on a stream i was like you know check this out which, is, uh, <laughs> which, which was is, so which sick really cool. by the way that's sylveon altar sylveon so good altar v max the character rare i was like so good it was crazy card i love that i love the new pokemon sets there they're freaking it's awesome so good is, um, when did you start collecting cards? Because we've kind of had this discussion before ourselves, oh. but um, let's quickly dive into that. Because oh no, good god, the amount I think you spend more money than me on cards. Holy moly! But like with the amount collectively we spend, we could maybe afford a small country. Um, yeah. I don't even want to think about it. I looked at my credit card statements last year. You're like, and... nope. Anyway, oh, throw god. that out the window. I know. I'm like, I actually need to cut back. Like, it was it was becoming like a problem that I was spending far too much on Pokemon merchandise. I mean, like, I mean, look at it. Like, I audio I, listeners. I, it's not even everything. It's unlucky. Not everything. You cannot see. Yeah, for those people who are audio listeners on Spotify and Apple Music right now, there is giant Funko Pop Pikachu, a million Evolutions plushes, some Evolutions. Oh, that's a. Oh, Okay, Umbreon GX box, Espion GX box, all of the. Oh my god, I needed those boxes. The Vaporeon Altart ones, the Joey. I missed my chance on that one. Pokemon Go, there's. Yeah, a hell of box sets everywhere. Um, Rose's like, background. You can't, you can't see that also that I have two giant plushies. Oh, part the of life size plushies. God. Yeah, damn. I've got the Lucario over here. I have a Kyogre decal that's like on my whole wall. Um, and I also have the giant Mareep up in the top. Oh, corner. the Mareep, yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, that's where my paychecks go. Yeah. Uh, just for anybody that's curious, where what I spend my money on food. If anybody's curious that... where all of my wages go, you can see them in this one shot. Yeah. Rose's background does clear. I will say, though, it's a problem when you have to go on a broadcast and they're like, you can't have anything like brand related in the background. And you're like, well, my whole brand is right there. So. My, my whole Emma, I actually followed the trend that I that we, we started in contenders because there's a few of us that got these like big wall screens, like the dividers. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I have yeah, right. ones that I will put up to be able to, to cover my backdrop. It clears. It honestly clears. I only only got a green screen. Sometimes they're like, hey, could you take down that future on poster? I'm like, no, nah, I don't think I can. No, <laughs> like, hey, that movie poster, you can't have that in the shot. It's like, well, like, mm -hmm. I, don't know. I have to get a rune divider or a green screen or something to cover that up. But yeah, At your least background it's, it was clear. Cheap. It was like 30 bucks. Yeah, so it was, I mean, it's well worth the purchase. Yeah, well worth it. So you can still cast other games that aren't, that aren't, that don't, that don't allow other merchandise yeah. in the background. Uh, that's sick. Oh, yeah, there's, um, there's definitely a fine line between like, it, it's funny because I'm always like, oh, I spend too much money on this hobby. But then you're like, well, I enjoy it. And there's that fine line of like, oh, maybe I spend an entire month's wages on uh, buying this two, these two things. Like, I'm very much into like the vintage market um, yeah. as well as the new stuff. They've been coming out with a ton of new stuff recently, though, like hammering it out. And it's it's difficult to keep up, I'd say, uh, some of the time, um, especially since like, you know, Oh God. Okay. Do I need to wait till I get paid next month? Like, and obviously with esports and stuff, it's all over the place. So yeah, it's um, there's that fine line. But damn, e even the vintage stuff over the last couple of years obviously has risen in price. And for me, I'm trying yeah. to 
slowly complete EX Team Rocket Returns, and I need two cards from EX Team Rocket Returns now, but guess That's what? That's it? They're the most expensive ones. So oh, come on. Need the gold stars. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Not going to get those yeah. for less than like $600 each. Oh, that's a lot. And I don't even yeah. want to buy the graded ones. I want to buy them raw, but I can't because everybody grades those cards. So I'm like, oh, man, I could put this towards something else more productive, but they are so cool. I love shiny cardboard. I, <laughs> I look at it this way, right? Pokemon is one of those types of collectibles that it, it feels like an investment in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I, I like the, so like a lot of the things that I actually have in my collection, I could see them appreciating in value. Yeah. Uh, and so when I when I do spend money on this kind of stuff, I, I look at it as like, I am buying something that I want. And maybe it will have the secondary effect in the future. But if I decide that I want to be done with this hobby, then maybe so I get something for, for some of yeah. the stuff that I have. Like, I have a... You can actually see it in the shot. It's this one. This yeah. One. Oh, that, 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 that is a that's XY Evolutions unopened ETB. Oh, bad. So, we, and by it's the way, in sealed box too. I want to rant. They they should yeah. not be that expensive. Evolutions was one of the most printed sets of all time. They should not be expensive, uh, as expensive as like some of the other random sets like around that era. It makes no sense. Like X and Y base, sure, that sure that's expensive, sure. But they also printed shit to another. Other X and Y sets that have like the the fusion uh, furious fist and stuff like that, sure they're expensive. They probably weren't printed as much. But evolutions, why why are you so expensive? It makes no sense. Yeah, uh, and the and the cards like out of the packs are they, worthless. Zero. Yeah, they actually, which doesn't make any sense because normally a card's uh, uh, a, a, a sealed booster pack or like sealed product, the intrinsic value is linked to the rarity of the cards inside and how expensive those cards are. Evolution's the complete opposite way around. The cards inside, yeah. worthless because there are so many of them. Yet the booster packs, the sealed ones, they are just unbelievable amounts of money because even the regular hollow Charizard isn't a lot. Like it's not expensive. Um, compared to like other cards around that era that were rarer, I don't that's know. true. It's um, it's very silly, but that is definitely down to the like twenty twenty hype beast, uh, uh, NFT like collectible streamer opening and burning card. Like that, that is definitely yeah. linked to that, which was uh, oh, a depressing a time for collectors. Effect. Oh my god! I know, and we're yeah. still feeling the repercussions of it, right? Which uh, yeah. which sucks, but the Pokemon Company now own their own printing factory, so that's true. They can just keep hammering out Millennium Print Group. Oh yeah, they print money. <laughs> it is it is insane. It, well, I mean, when you speak of printing money, Pokemon is the biggest media franchise of all time. Um, true. And next to that is Hello Kitty, but Hello Kitty, yeah, I know, which is crazy for the West, right? But like Hello Kitty is the the second most oh. um, profitable. People don't even. People don't even know I the know. fandom that surrounds Hello Kitty is insane. Maybe like I, oh my god! Like I remember, I had like a little Hello Kitty doll when I was younger, and I was just like, ah, oh, she's so cute. Like I love this. Like what a what a cute little plushie. Like so happy <laughs> I have it. Um, I didn't think about it anymore until I realized that there is a plane. There is an entire Hello Kitty branded yep. plane. Like themed, all the all the, the the stewardesses wear like Hello Kitty uniforms, and the plane is 
pink inside. Like, th pretty th wicked. What the? Yeah. What? Yep. Like, that's nuts. That exists. It's crazy how much that kind of stuff breaks in again, because it's definitely more of like uh, it's like more focused on the Japanese market. Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty still exists in the West, but it's not as big as yeah. you wouldn't. Obviously, Pokemon's bigger overall, but you wouldn't say it's like anywhere near Pokemon's level of popularity, at least in the West. It's, no. It's just mind-boggling amounts of money um, that those brands are worth. And Pokemon is only getting bigger, too, which is also the yeah. crazy thing. A thing from the 90s that you were like, oh, let me just open this base set pack, you know? Like, if I could tell my... To be fair, if I could tell my younger self to not open those packs, I, I probably wouldn't even do that. I'd be like, just open them, enjoy them while you can. Just carry on your imagine, life. Be just imagine also trying to, like... It, it, to um like convince yourself as like a five-year-old kid to not open yeah, good luck. something good luck there's no way it's not happening the child so. is gonna instantly open that even faster and destroy the cards inside like uh, even quicker you know like <laughs> luckily i was a very precious child and i loved keeping things neat and immaculate so i did make sure all of my cards even though i didn't have sleeves i had binder sleeves like nine pocket pages go. but yeah, all my stuff, not bad condition when I found it in the in the loft a few years ago, like quite a few years ago now, maybe like 10 years ago. But God damn, what a, what a trip. And you know something I thought about the other day? I saw Leon Hart post yeah. some pictures of Diamond and Pearl blisters. I have a video wow. of me opening a Diamond and Pearl blister and I'm like, oh my God, Diamond and Pearl base. I could just get those randomly at shops and now they're worth like this much. Obviously, again, I'm very much in the camp of, I enjoyed it then. I'm not going to beat myself up because, yeah. oh my God. Okay. This is like actual rant time now about old shit, but I op I've opened very expensive booster boxes that were not expensive at the time. And now I'm like, should I have saved them or should I have enjoyed them at the moment? But I'm like, I sh nah. that was a wise idea. Me opening them and enjoying them and me enjoying the cards now and having, oh, I pulled this card. Like, I really love this card. I pulled this card, yeah. you know? It's not really something I can... I, I In my head, I'm like, I want to beat myself up about it, but it's not worth it. I don't it. think you can. I, I, yeah. I don't think you can because I feel like as soon as you have put in a monetary value that is like a, more than what you would consider like a, an appropriate amount, like if there's a monetary value on something that you think is excessive, you feel actually, I, in my opinion, and like my experience, you feel even more pressure to get something from it. Yes, so like whether definitely. it is opening yep. up a, the rare card or like just saving it forever and then hope that you make money back on your purchase or whatever it is that there's there's more stakes at that point where you are more easy to disappoint yourself rather than just enjoying the experience as you had had it so 100 uh, percent. it's it's a weird mindset i think people get into because yeah. you it's like us right like we love the hobby we love pokemon we love opening yeah. packs but then like you said if you apply a monetization if you not monetization if you apply a monetary value to that one thing and you're like oh god why would i do that like i should just not touch it i should just leave it maybe appreciate value over the next five years but then you're like what am i doing this for am i doing this for them to appreciate in value or am i doing this because i just enjoy the hobby it's i just enjoy the hobby and i love collecting cards like yeah you it kind of ruins it for you in a way putting that monetary value and like you know my grandmother always used to say your money's there to be spent right like spend your money on your hobbies as much as you want because you're going to enjoy those 
and if hey, if you reach 50 years old, if you uh, no, if you reach 80 years old, 90 years old, and you've got a million dollars in the bank, two million dollars in the bank, you're gonna die with it. So what's the point? So That's you true. might as well kind of spend money on your hobbies. That's how I justify it, and I'm enjoying myself now with my me spending almost $200 on fish tank plants, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's too much. And I'm like, nah, I enjoy it. Like, it's... Nah, yeah, it's, it's like, it, I think that's really an important thing to do in your life. Like, I am totally with you that, yes, I have spent more money than I care to admit on opening up card packs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, I still enjoy it. And so I can be happy with myself knowing that I'm, like, cutting back I'm ordering only two thirds of the product that I. Hey, do, that's good. Right? That's like, progress. It's progress. It's actual <laughs> progress. But it's like I still enjoy it, so I don't mind putting a little bit more of like the money that I work hard to earn exactly. towards something that like makes me happy. So. Exactly, it feels it feels nice to like. Hey, I earned this money, and right. to like circle all the way back to the very beginning of this kind of uh, this deep dive is like, hey, would you? Uh, believe as a five-year-old or a 10-year-old or whatever that you'd be doing what you do right now probably not you'd be like that's so stupid no. what the hell like hey you're still opening pokemon you know if i told my younger self opening up base set and jungle packs and my <laughs> grandparents car as we drive to school or we drive to their home like would uh, you're going to still be opening them by the way when you are 29 yeah. my younger self would be like what pokemon's not gonna be around you know okay. or, it's, uh, no way. It's really funny. Um, <laughs> do you have any like very specific memories of like early Pokemon um, or like anything around gaming as well? To be fair, that you just can't get out of your head. I I know I have a couple that are like uh, those memories are never leaving me. And like Pokemon is has been that thing that I remember from my childhood. You go first. Okay. I need to think. I need to think about this one, but I really want to know what your favorite memories are. I have a memory of opening a, it was either a two player or a one player starter deck. I'd have to look it up. That had the first edition Machamp in it. And it was like the only first edition card in the pack, but like it wasn't like true first edition. Everybody had it right. And it, it wasn't even Shadowless. It wasn't like a true first edition card. Um, and it was opening that and it was in my grandparents' old white Peugeot four-door Peugeot um and I was turned round you know where like the boot is or the the trunk and then you have that yeah. thing that covers it so you don't like fall in um it was just on that like laying out the cards and then having that Machamp and being like man that's a Aww. cool card like man and then also getting a team Ro which I still have the box for by the way a team rocket devastation I think it was team rocket devastation deck that came with the dark wheezing or dark arbok one of the two and I always remember the Dark Wheezing because that card does not look holographic. I'm sorry, Pokemon Cup or Wizard of the Coast at the time. I'm sorry, Wizards. That card is not holographic. Compared that to every other card that you made, that card is the least shiny bit of cardboard I've ever seen. If anybody has a Team Rocket, uh, original Team Rocket, Dark Wheezing, look at it right now. Tell me that's holographic, please. It's not. It's very, like, oh, it's slightly shiny. It's not like, like you can actually see all the sparkles and stuff. Like, come on. You could do better than that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, okay. I don't I don't have any card related ones. I wish I did because I remember actually opening up a few of the base set packs because I found my old cards 
tied together with a rubber band. Classic. I, yeah. I, it's like I didn't even realize that like, they would be. And I was like, I know. I so cringe. I so cringe. Like so cringe. Because I look at that and I go, Nah, I should. I wish Why? I had the forethought to do like that? not do that. Yeah, or penny um, sleeves or something to keep them. You're, literally anything. I'm assuming your rubber band wasn't like dried out or anything, because that would just mine weren't, and that would have destroyed the cards if the rubber band had dried out because they just no, sticked it. Oh, thank it was God. okay. It thank was okay. God. If anything, it would have only ruined like the top one, like the it's back true. of the top one or like the front, the front one. But it was fine. Um, I actually don't know what I did with them. I can't. I don't know where they are. Uh, they're somewhere. I get to think about it. There's some. <laughs> there's somewhere back there. Um, but it. My first memory was actually the the. <laughs> it was the shiny Gyarados that you could catch in the lake oh yeah yeah I like remember rage, seeing yeah. It. yeah i remember seeing it and i was like what is this that's the it's wrong color Gyarados. What the hell? why is it red <laughs> like what is happening right now and then i got really excited because i started to realize like what shiny pokemon were and i was like no way like i got a shiny pokemon like is it supposed to be this color and then i come to find out that everybody and their mother has this one um it was literally yeah. supposed to be that way but unfortunately time... you were not special and we were not special damn but <laughs> <laughs> it's like interesting to see the evolution of finding that one as your very first shiny pokemon and then i like generations later i ran into just like uh full odds shiny dust ox oh wow okay in heart gold i want to say um so i found one of those and like that was a super neat experience because at that point i was old enough to realize no this is not normal uh <laughs> and so that was neat come to let's go pikachu or i had eevee duh yeah, let's obviously. go eevee uh, <laughs> i found a shiny doduo running around so oh, that cool. was awesome and now i shiny hunt and so it's kind of neat to see my first experience go from Everybody has this one too. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. No, hey, this is pretty sweet. Yeah, like that's neat. I'm assuming you went through the same train of thought I went through as well. It must be a glitch. Like it, it's yes. gotta be a glitch. Is my game? Yeah. Oh my god, my my game's corrupted. I I'm gonna lose my save. Like you know that kind of panic because i yeah. my friend uh the first apart from Red Gyarados, I don't know what I thought about Red Gyarados when I first saw it. I was clearly like, oh, that's just a special one, I guess. I don't know because I. Maybe I did run into more shinies as a kid. I just don't know. But a, a friend of mine caught an Aaron um, in in his copy of Ruby, and it had oh, red eyes, nice. which is the shiny version. Because the yeah. for some reason the Aaron sprite is exactly the same. It just has red eyes. And he was like, yes. "That's super weird." And he like showed me, and I was like, "Wow, it looks like a glitch or something." Like I don't know what that is. Both of us clueless individuals didn't realize it was shiny. He probably still has the Aaron if he still has his cartridge, but. Awesome. He didn't evolve it because he af he was afraid it would go away. So he just had the red eyes Aaron. And then I think at one point in a, a restart of Sapphire, I ended up finding a shiny Puccina on like my first like hour or two into the game. And I was like, oh shit. Like, and I think at that point I kind of knew or maybe I was like slightly clued up. I'm not sure, but I caught it and I still have it. Like that, I haven't evolved it into a Mighty Enna. It's still a, and I still have it on my Sapphire. I haven't got it with me because it's back in the UK, but I still have my shiny, shiny Puccina. Um, so and cool. I had also shiny Zigzagoon at one point, and then Let's Go was like the easiest game to have shinies in. So I just like, oh, shiny Ponyta and stuff. And that was pretty <laughs> sweet, but 
yeah that is yeah, pretty cool awesome. trying to pokemon sick i know um it reminds me of the like way back in like internet memes as well um you probably saw them too where it's like oh like when people make real life rats or mice look like pikachu and stuff it's like whoa a shiny oh, real yeah. life uh, pokemon like whoa like old internet memes like oh my god i look back at that stuff and i cringe <laughs> like oh that was funny back then rage comics pog like troll face like dude come on yes that, that was not I, funny I you know what's like so interesting is that having the knowledge that i do now about like science wildlife all of that jazz i can actually see the thought process that goes behind finding these sprites so like my favorite my ultimate favorite shiny duo is clawitzer now oh, okay. clawitzer is like um he's not a pistol shrimp i mean maybe he is but he looks like a lobster right he looks like a lobster he's blue his shiny's red yeah, which is the opposite of what happens in real life. <laughs> which is so cool, though, yeah, right? That's like, sick. It's really, really neat to see them put some of that attention to detail in the shinies that come through. Or, like, when even not even just talking about shinies, but you look at some of the Pokemon, you're like, huh, I kind of know what you're based on. Like, that's really, really neat um, to have that knowledge, too, to be able to pull back on. You can look at and I think appreciate the design and the thought process that goes into each individual detail like way more yeah and shiny versions of real life things are like just slightly different colors like lobsters blue and yeah. uh, blue lobsters for example like white whales like they're just white because that's just how it worked out uh, i guess their dna or whatever um yeah it's it's kind of cool it's i wouldn't say i'm like super clued up on like the biology side of things and and stuff but like when it comes to fish i'm like oh, okay i can kind of like see where you're going and sharpedo was one of my favorite pokemon um yeah. in gen 3 for obvious reasons um yeah i always loved sharpedo and i thought it was cool too because obviously it was duo type right it was water and dark because oh, was yeah. it water and dark or was it pure water oh my god sharpedo no sharpedo is definitely dark. dual type right yeah because he can yeah, yeah, crunch yeah. and yeah stuff like that and i always yeah. found that really cool um because you know edgy child Dark Pokemon <laughs> are the coolest, you know, like oh Pog, and like Oz now, so yeah, it's pretty sick, pretty sick. Okay, <laughs> that's actually um, an interesting topic. You, I, I thought, I thought I remember, but you thankfully you just reminded me. But um, where does Necra come from? I think you've told me this before, but I want people to to uh, understand why or where it comes so from. So I, ah oh, man, this is so cringy because like I feel like like as a teenage girl, I was like I like. There, there's a more re there's more reason behind this but i was like a teenage girl that was like oh wolves are my favorite animal wow cringy like that, <laughs> that feels <laughs> so cringe um but the reason why i actually liked wolves as one of my favorite animals is because of the study that i had read about the wolves in yellowstone national park that was oh, okay. the first scientific study that i had ever read a very introductory study into species control and just population dynamics that was why we learned it in middle school high school whenever that was and so when i was coming up with gamer tags i wanted something that was meaningful to me my original one was rosemarinus which is the latin okay. name for rosemary um and so because cool. like i was like learning plants at the time i was learning latin um so it made a lot of sense to try to do that and then i was like but that's so by the like, way that does sound like a pokemon Rosemarina, it does right because Rose does. Arade, 
It's yeah, like yeah. kind of if Roserade had an evolution line, like a, a like a like a full <laughs> evolution line. Boom. I mean, it does evolve into wait. Yeah, it does. It evolves. Rose, it gets yeah, a Roserade is Roserade. The final. And yeah, then if that evolved, boom. Rosemary. You're right. Oh my god, you're so right. I didn't <laughs> even realize that. But like at the time, I really thought it was so basic. I was like, well, what is the point of me having this tag? Because everybody else is like, uh, like they're a different person. Like it's yeah, all right, right. yeah. You you think back like Swagmaster, like sixty six or whatever. And at least twenty death killer. Yeah. yeah, like but at least it's something that's not their name. And so I kinda like the anonymity also behind having a tag that was I thought was cool enough that also I could just be whoever I wanted. Like people wouldn't judge me just because yeah. I have a tag that it is my name. Yeah. <laughs> just a that's different right, language. <laughs> uh so I based that study to look at, I still kept the theme of trying to figure out ways to say wolf, but in a different language. And so I found this obscure dialect that they speak in India. Oh, okay. And so I found wolf and I took out like an H and I think I added a K and Necro was born. Wow. Okay. So derived from another language and then you flipped a few letters and. Yeah. And there you go. And then it's been with you ever since. Because Necro is like, I can't think of any other kind of word ever that, and obviously with social handles, they have to be unique. So it's just like, no one, who's <laughs> going to be called Necro? You know what I mean? Like no one's well, going to take that tag. So, I mean, it kind of helped you later on in the uh, down the line, even though you didn't realize it did. I did not do that on purpose. Yeah. So the thing about my, just so crazy, is that I didn't do any, I didn't pick this with any other intention in mind than just having a cool gamer tag. Yeah. And there will definitely be people out there, this is lame. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I like it. So does, does your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> you have, I have to live with um, it. You don't, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's my name. Um, so like, it, it works out because it, <laughs> an anagram of it is Kraken. Um, oh, so that's it is. Kinda, that's weird. Yeah. Okay. I like uh, that. And, and I kind of like that. It's super sick, right? Krakens are neat animals or, or mytholo mythology or whatever you have. Um, and so I have, <laughs> I have that. Actually, I have three different profiles on my Switch. I have Necra for my main profile. I have Arkin, which is the name backwards. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which is also so, kind of a cool name. Yeah, Arkin. I I like it. Um, because it's like Arcanine. Yeah. Uh, and so that's weird how that worked out. So I'll have that, but I also have Kraken for all like my crackhead bullshit that I like to do on like a random account. Very so. fair. <laughs> um, but it worked out because it's like we've got uh, uh, so many different iterations of my name have just turned out to be very funny. So like during Halloween, I'm neck rip, like neck. Oh rip, yeah. R.I.P. Um, uh, it's like uh, and there's just like so many different ways that I feel like my name has just worked out to be very funny that i'm like such a big fan of so yeah that's just super I'm lucky that it kind of took you really were just like Tekra. as a kid you were like oh, that's pretty sweet and it just worked out actually super well Tekra's I cannot, my favorite i cannot have jaws on anything it's the most like it is one of the more generic things of all time and they're like but oh you just like the film that oh it's my initials so well, yeah like, but like yeah. but like did you did you know like if you had known now about the the i guess the commonality of it because of the movie um, would you have changed your name i don't know i don't know because the first maybe because the first name i had was like edgy teenage warhammer boy was like chaos something 
so I probably wouldn't have had that. Thank God I didn't have that. Um, but I only used that for one thing, like this text-based adventure game online. Like I only used it for that one okay. thing, and I, I never used it again. And I, it's got to be my mum or my dad that helped me come up with it. Because um, yeah, like I said, it's just my initials, so I don't. It when did? Because I definitely used it on original Xbox, and like playstation 2 oh. profiles maybe not profiles for like the playstation 2 but like in-game profiles so i don't know i don't know if i would have changed it i like it because i also like sharks so that's kind of cool they're my yeah. favorite animal and like i like the ocean and shit like that so i don't know maybe it I has multiple layers to it that i yeah. feel like it's worked really well for you <laughs> yeah and i can't really change it now i always kind of think like oh i could change name technically right but then it's like all my branding like Oh, you Google like Jaws Overwatch and it comes out of like all my stuff or like Jaws Caster or Casting or Casts. Like it comes, it's just easier to have like a unified thing all over the place. I guess, yeah. I guess it's also not as like Mitch has the same problem where it's like Uber. Great. Okay. So Uber, the fucking car service. Like, yeah, okay, sweet. Yeah. Or like Avast with Avast antivirus, but like he actually gets harassed by the company. Like at least I'm oh, not like, right. at least oh, I'm not God. getting rolled by Le, by Warner Brothers or whoever owns um, yeah. Jaws, the Jaws film. Uh, not yet, at least. I really hope they don't fucking send a letter to me saying I have to change my goddamn name because it's infringing their copyright. It's just a nickname. It's not anything else. I just like, look, I'm just chilling it's over not here. Like, it's not official branding that you're getting paid for. I don't know. It's It's tough. Well, um, yeah, exactly right. It's weird, but it's like, you can just call me Jack. That's cool. Yeah. It's just a nickname. Ha ha. Like, can't sue me for that, right? Like, I don't think says so. that. I mean, maybe down the, down the future. Check your, but... check your email. And, like, yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, well, like, maybe I'm getting sued right now. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, Jaws <laughs> is fine. I think that's a really cool uh, story from you. Like, like you said, it ended up working out really well, and your name could be like morphed into like many different things. That's, yeah, uh, for sure. That's pretty for sure. I like Arkin oh. as well. Actually, I didn't realize your name backwards because mine's just Swag. Like that's nothing. That's <laughs> like not cool. Swag. Swag. It's like swag, but without the fucking G. Uh, G is a J. I like so it. <laughs> so dumb. All right. Oh well, man. Rose, it's been a, it's honestly been a pleasure. If there's anything you want to like shout out or anything you want to say at the very end here, just go oh. right ahead. The floor is yours. And uh, yeah, Man, just I can't, round this out. Can't think of anything. Um, shout out to the Overwatch community. Shout out to the awesome 2022 that we got a chance to have together. Shout out to my dog. He's pretty great. Pretty sick. Uh, and yeah, I think that's about it. Cool. This has been well, a blast. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm glad. To, I'm glad to have you on. Honestly, it's uh, it's been obviously it was a fun year, Carson, 2022, and it's nice to sit down, like just have a kind of chill and chat and just talk about bullshit. So that's awesome. All uh, all Rose's social media and whatnot will be in the description on YouTube, and if you're on Spotify or Apple Music, thanks so much for listening. And it's and, so uh, easy. <laughs> it's just it's, Necra. Exactly, it's just Necra. Super easy to follow as well. So there you go. Uh, all that will be down in the comment, or sorry, in the in the description and whatnot. But thanks so much, Rose, and yeah, we'll uh, yeah. we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.